Good morning. My name is Philippos, and I am a merchant trader from Asia Minor, and I hail from the first century, the time of Jesus. And I understand that most of you are on a journey to become followers of Jesus Christ. You may call them disciples. Disciples, an interesting word, very interesting. Uh, in our culture, a disciple was someone who patterned their life after another or followed the teachings of someone else. But a biblical disciple, what does that look like? Well, a biblical disciple is someone who patterns their life after Jesus. This morning, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine named Paul. You may know about him. You want to talk about a disciple. He was the real deal. He was a man of distinction. He imitated Jesus. He modeled God's word and prayed. Man, you want to talk about praying. He, he could pray. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I first run into Paul in Jerusalem. That wasn't even his name. When I met him, his name was Saul. Now, he was really popular. Man, the Pharisees loved him. He was a Jew among Jews. He was from the tribe of Benjamin. They considered him to be blameless according to his religion. Man, he was well-to-do. You and I would call him rich. And friends, you talk about friends. Man, he had a boatload of friends. But man, he was mean. And when it came to Christians, he was angry and really, really mean. In fact, when I met him, he, he spent his time collecting them to be tried to be persecuted, and some of them even to be martyred. I didn't want anything to do with that. So I left Jerusalem, back to Rome on business. Well, a few months later in my travels, I came to a place called Antioch. And there I saw Paul. But this time, I don't know, he, he was different. He still had a lot of friends. He still was a Jew. But he wasn't mean. He wasn't angry. And when he saw me, he ran over to me and said, Philippos, can I tell you what happened to me? He said, I was on the Damascus Road and I saw light brighter in the noonday sun. And it blinded me. He said, I fell to my knees in great fear. He said, then I heard this voice from heaven. Saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Philippos, that day I discovered that Jesus, he was the Son of God. He is the Son of God. He's the Messiah. Philippos, I opened my heart to Jesus, and he changed my life. And then he asked, would you like to give your heart to Jesus? I said, no, not me. Man, I've got business to attend to. And I went off on my journey back to Rome. Well, the years unfolded. And, well, I came into a place called Frigia one evening. And my business was beginning to grow. And there was Paul making tents and preaching about this thing called the way, this following Jesus. 
Well, my business was growing and I needed some help. And so I thought, well, Paul's a tent maker. And so I went up and said, Paul, why don't you come to work for me? You can sell clothing and fine linens and precious jewels. Man, you'll be great at it. And Paul looked me in the eye. And he said, Philippos, did I tell you what happened to me on the Damascus road? He said, I saw a light brighter in the noonday sun and it blinded me. He said, I fell to my knees in great fear. And then I heard this voice from heaven. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And that day he changed my life. No, Philippos, I cannot work for you. The love of Christ constrains me and compels me to show people all over the world about Jesus. And then he said, hey, Philippos, do you want to give your life to Jesus? And I said, nah, not this time. And I went on my way. Well, the years passed. I thought about old Paul, but I thought about Jesus a lot. One evening, I come into Ephesus, of course, on business, check into my hotel and decide to go out to get a bite to eat. So I walk out into the streets of the city and you could just hear this roar. And the closer I got to the city square, the louder it got. And I heard this chaos and it sounded like they were set, they were yelling, great as our team is, great as our team is. And the closer I got, the more I realized not only was it chaotic, but there was going to be a riot. And as I got up close, I looked, there was Paul in the middle of it. And so I went over to him and I kind of took him aside. I said, Paul, you're, you're going to get killed in this riot. And I don't know if he forgot our conversations or what come upon him, but when he turned and saw me, we got over to the side. He said, he said, Philippos, did I ever tell you what happened to me? He said, I was on the road to Damascus and I saw a light brighter in the noonday sun and it blinded me. And he said, I fell on my face in great fear. And then I heard this voice, Saul, Saul, who, whom are you persecuting? And I said, who are you? And he said, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Philippos, that changed my life. And then he looked me in the eye and he said, wouldn't you like to know this Jesus that I'm talking about? Wouldn't you like to be forgiven? Wouldn't you like to have eternal life? And ladies and gentlemen, that day I said yes. And I opened my heart to Jesus And I changed. I can't explain it, can't describe it, but I changed. Well, the chaos died down. And before long, Paul and his contemporaries were off to Macedonia. And of course, I was on about my business, 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 business. But I was different. I realized that my life would never be the same. Paul had made all the difference for me. Well... I got to see Paul one last time. It was a while later. I'm on business as usual. I pull into a place called Caesarea. You may have heard of it. And for some strange reason, I got invited to have dinner with the governor Festus and with King Agrippa. And obviously I went. 
You can only imagine a royal dinner with governors and kings. It was quite the sight. But after the meal, I looked and and in comes two guards. Between them is this prisoner. And I looked again. It was Paul. And people began to rumble around me. and, And I figured out that for some odd reason, even though he loved God and he was a Jew of Jews, men, they hated him. And I thought, well, Paul, he'll come up and when they let him speak, he'll just straighten it all out. They'll turn him loose. Otherwise, he might go on trial and die. They brought Paul to the front. And I thought, surely he's going to defend himself. But when they said, you may speak, he turned and looked at King Agrippa. He said, King Agrippa, did I ever tell you what happened to me on the Damascus Road? He said, I saw this light, O king, and it was brighter than the noonday sun. It blinded me. And he said, O king, I fell to my knees in great fear. And then I heard this voice from heaven saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, the one you are persecuting. And I realized that day that Jesus was the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, the Son of God. And King Agrippa, Jesus changed my life. And then he looked at the king. He said, oh, king, would you like to give your heart to Jesus? And the king said, Paul, do you think in such a short time you can convince me to become a Christian? And Paul said, short or long time, it doesn't matter, O king, but I would that you and everyone in the sound of my voice would become as me, except for these chains. Yes, I want you to become a Christian. But the king looked at him and said, no, Paul, not today. And they ushered Paul away back to his dungeon. I never saw him again. Never again. But I'll never forget my friend Paul. He was a great disciple. You talk about somebody that followed after Jesus. He was the poster boy. But that's not why I'll never forget him. He was a great prayer. I mean, he would pray for people and they would be miraculously healed, almost without exception. In fact, one time... One time Paul was preaching, it was the middle of the night, Eutychus is sitting in a window, falls asleep, drops three stories, hits the ground, and they pick Eutychus up dead. Paul comes and puts his hands on him and prays over him and raises him back to life. Man, Paul could pray. But that's not why I'll never forget him. You see, the reason I'm never, ever going to forget the Apostle Paul is because he's the one who told me about Jesus Christ. And when somebody tells you about Jesus, you never forget. You don't ever forget. And so I want to ask you this morning, audience, Who have you told about Jesus? Who have you told about Jesus? Who's going to be in heaven one day because of you?
You see, Paul, he was always ready. Always ready to tell his story. I don't know how it works in your culture, but in my generation, man, most people, they weren't comfortable talking about Jesus Christ. In my generation, most people, they didn't understand how you share the hope that comes from knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. In my generation, most people, they didn't feel equipped. In fact, they felt ill-equipped to tell others about Jesus. How about you? Are you prepared to tell others about the Lord? Did you know the Bible says in 1 Peter 3 and verse 15 that we should set apart Christ as Lord and always be ready, always be ready to give a defense for the hope that we have? Are you ready? Are you prepared to give a defense for your hope in Christ? See, Paul was always prepared. In Acts chapter 9, Paul told his story. In Acts 22, Paul told his story. In Acts 26, Paul told his story. He said, I was on the Damascus road and I saw a light brighter in the noonday sun. And it blinded me. He said, I fell to my knees in great fear. He said, then I heard this voice from heaven. Saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus. I'm the one you're persecuting. And Paul said, that day my life changed. And I'll never be the same. See, Paul knew his story. Paul was ready. And Paul told a story. If you do a careful study of Acts 26, you will find a perfect outline of how to tell your story. It's right there. Paul says, this is what my life was like before I came to know Jesus. And then he said, this is how I come to know Jesus. I saw a light brighter than the noonday sun. And then he shared a little bit about how his life was different since he had come to know Christ as his Lord and as his Savior. Do you know your story? Or maybe the better question is, do you have a story? Can you look into your life and say, this is what my life was like. Here, this is when I met Jesus. And now, this is how my life has changed. Do you have a story? Not a story about church, not a story about baptism, not a story about being a good guy or a good girl. But do you have a story about how Jesus has changed your life? You see, if you're a disciple, you got to have a story. And if you don't have a story, you're not a disciple. You're just a church goer. Paul, (laughs) he was the real deal. He was a disciple. How about you? My challenge for you 
For many of you, you have a story. You may not be real comfortable telling it. Maybe you've never even written it down. But my goal, my hope, my prayer, my challenge for you is that you'll go home today, tonight, tomorrow, this week, and you'll write down your story. And you'll just sit down and you'll start writing, here's how my life was. Here's when I met Jesus. Here's how my life is different. Because people need to know your story. You need to be able to tell it. I know what some of you are thinking. Philip, I already know my story. And I've told people my story. But I still can't quite figure out how to get them to Jesus. Well, I've got some good news. We want to help you. If you already know your story, we want to equip you to tell his story. And so as you exit the auditorium today, we have a couple of tools back there for you. One of them is called an Evangicube. It's a little picture deal that you can use to show people how to give their life to Jesus. It's great for kids, pretty good for big kids too. We also have some little booklets. Some people call them tracks. You can call them a witnessing booklet. But they're just selections of scripture that will help you tell his story. The one I use is called the eternal life track. It's got a little question on the front. It says, do you know for certain that you have eternal life? That you'll go to heaven when you die. It's a good question. It'll help you tell his story. And then we've got one for spiritual laws left. The rest of them got gone first service. So if you want this one, if you want to talk about the four spiritual laws, you've got to be the first one to me to get that one. But uh, we'll have some more of those. But what we want to do is we want to put in your hands some, some tools to help you. Not just tell your story, but to be able to show people his story. I, I know what some of you are thinking too. Some of you say, I got one of these. Some of you say, I, I got some of these. But I'm still not comfortable telling people about Jesus. So what we'd like to do for you is we would like to offer you some, some training, some equipping, if you will. We want to help you either one-on-one or in a small group figure out how to tell your story and, more importantly, how to share his story so that you can help people come to know Jesus, so that you can show people the way to Jesus Christ. And so what I'm going to ask you to do as you exit today is to go by the table. It's right back there. Why it'll be there. Pick up a tool. Sign up for some training. But above all, learn to tell your story. Learn to show people the way. You know that we're the ones who know the way, right? The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. So we need to point people to the way. We need to do that. That's why Paul told his story. Paul was willing to tell his story everywhere around. Do you know why Paul was willing to do that? Did you know the Bible says in Romans 9 that Paul was so passionate for his friends, his fellow Jews, 
that he would, he's, he was willing to be accursed for the sake of his brothers. In other words, what Paul was saying, if, if I could die and go to hell for my friends, I'd do it. He was passionate about telling people about Jesus. How passionate are you? How passionate am I? How passionate are we about showing people the way? We started our road trip series in St. Louis because it's part of the show me state. And I wanted to talk about showing people the way because we know the way. Jesus is the way. But also because it's the gateway to Western expansion. When you and I walk out the door, that's the gateway to kingdom expansion. If God's kingdom is going to grow, it's going to be because people like you and people like me are willing to take our story and mesh it into his story and share it with the people in our life. And so are you willing to learn to tell a story? Here's the thing. When you tell somebody about Jesus and they open their heart to Christ, it'll change their life forever. They'll never be the same. They'll never, ever forget. Will you pray with me? As heads are bowed all over the auditorium, can I just ask you, do you have a story can you look into your life and say, here's, here's what life was like. Here's when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Here's how my life's been changed. If you can point to that time, then you got a story. You need to learn it, write it, ready it, and we need to tell it. We need to look for opportunities to tell our story. But I know in the auditorium this size, some of you, you don't yet have a story. You, you're a church member or you're a churchgoer or maybe even not. But the fact is, you don't really have a story. You can't say, here's when I met Jesus. Can I just invite you this morning, right here, right now, to open your heart to Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and the Bible says with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So I would just ask you this morning, if you don't have a story, how would you like to give your life to Jesus today? Would you be willing, seated right where you are, in the quietness of your own heart, would you be willing to pray this prayer and ask Jesus Christ to come into your life? You can say this to him, Lord Jesus, today I realize I have no story. I can't point to a change. And so today, Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart. I turn away from my sin. I turn from my way of living. And I trust you to come into my heart and to give me a brand new start. Thank you, Jesus, 
for coming into my life. Friend, the Bible says, the Bible says, not what I say, but the Bible says that if you will place your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, you will be saved. And you'll have a story to tell. My dream and my hope is that you'll do that. For many of us, we got a story, but we need to share it. So I wonder if you'd commit this morning to tell your story to whoever God brings, whenever God brings them, and however God wants you to tell your story. That's our hope, and that's our prayer. So, Father, as we close out our service this morning, Father, as we prepare to to bring our offering. Father, as we prepare to bring our life, I pray that we would surrender not just our offering to you, but God, I pray that we would surrender to you this morning our very life. God, I pray that we would surrender you this morning our very story. And we would allow you to use us in just a great and awesome and mighty way. And Father, when you do, we'll give you the praise and the glory for it all.